We welcome you to Ten Strike Church, welcome you to uh, a special service, special for two reasons. The first being, of course, that today is Palm Sunday, which uh, we can see the palms in the audience, good. Uh, and the second reason is that today is a youth service. And so we'll be seeing um, many of our own Ten Strike youth up in front here will be sharing some things with us, and uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a blessing, it'll be good. Um, but first, I have some announcements for you. Um, uh, so first, um, we'd like to express our, our sympathies to Phyllis uh, Krogseng. Um, her husband, Daryl, passed uh, up to heaven, I think, this past week or so. And so we just ask that you keep the, those, that family on your heart and your prayers. Um, yeah. There's also uh, no fellowship meal this week, but we do invite you after the service to join us in fellowship. Um, we'll be having coffee, there'll be goodies out there. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, and we have an update on the building fund. Um, praise the Lord, we are halfway to our, our goal. So we've got 17, about 17 and a half thousand down and about 17 and a half left to go. How about that? Um, and for next Sunday, April the 1st, um, we'd like to invite you to our Easter breakfast, which will be prepared by the Dane and uh, the TCC men. Um, that'll be from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., so that'll mean that there will be no 9.30 classes, but you can have breakfast with us instead. We can fellowship that way. Um, and if men are looking to, to help with that in, in any way, shape, or form, um, you can just talk to Dane for details. All right. So I have a blessed life for you this morning. Let's pop it up here. And this is just something we like to do here. We sort of a short message and uh, a scripture reading that sort of reminds us about what our relationship is to this Father, this King, this God that we are worshiping this morning, and how blessed we are to, to have Him in our lives, and what He's done for us. And that's the kind of thing we are celebrating in this season, right, as we're going into Easter. Um, so it goes like this. Now in the Bible, if the crucifixion and the resurrection we celebrate on Easter Sunday is the pinnacle, uh, the apex, maybe the climax of this biblical narrative, um, then today, Palm Sunday, I think, is the very height of that conflict in Jesus' life, that rising action. Um, in a moment, I'm going to read um, the account of this day, this Palm Sunday from Luke 19, so maybe if you'd like to open your Bibles and read that with me, because it'll be sort of a longer passage than usual. Um, you can look that up. But I think this Luke 19 best demonstrates for us the turmoil that this event represents um, but before I read that, I'd like to draw our minds to a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, for Jesus, this day really was a day of conflict. Um, there was an abundance of hope and celebration and victory, right? And yet there were these contemplations of sorrow and the coming destruction of things. Um, on this day, we look to the past as Jesus fulfills all these ancient prophecies. He rides in on the donkey. And yet, we also look to the future of his death and his resurrection and the coming glory. But it, most of all, we recognize that this is the day when Jesus was in the greatest spotlight 
at the height of fame and renown in his time on this earth. And yet, it seems that all eyes were blind to the significance of the day. He himself compares the coming of his coming to Jerusalem um, to his own parable of the talents that he gives to the servants, we might remember. Um, and the parable notably hinges not on the bad servant's fear, as maybe we often think, but on the servant's misunderstanding, his misidentification of the nature of his good king. And in this way, I think Jerusalem, the heart of Israel, becomes quite clearly a picture of you and me, of ourselves. So many become excited by this promise of a savior, the promise of grace and peace and blessing that he does indeed bring us every day. But as we will see at the end of this chapter of Luke, that if we do not accept Christ under the pretext of a relationship that will challenge, that will mold, that will transform us, then perhaps we too will crucify the Christ and turn to the Barabbases, the religiosities, the pseudo-spiritualisms that our society has forsaken Jesus for. So together, let's just determine not to fall in love with the idea of Jesus this Easter season, but let's fall in love with the real Jesus who is with us today, right now. And so, as we go into Easter, as we go into Palm Sunday, I invite you even as I, as I read this, to ask yourself, search your hearts, do I know this real Jesus? And I can assure you that if you seek him out today, that he is indeed waiting with open arms, and he is eager to make a proper introduction to you. All right. And so I start by, I'm going to begin reading here. Luke 19, I'm starting at verse... Uh, verse 9, and Jesus is just finishing up talking to uh, Zacchaeus, and he says, uh, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So he said to them, a certain nobleman, a king, went into a far country to receive for himself his own kingdom, and then he was to return. And so he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, or ten coins, and said to them, Do business till I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called back to him, that he might know how much every man had gained in his trading. And then came the first, saying, Master, uh, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. You have authority now over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned me five minas. Likewise, he said, You also will be over five cities. But then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit, and reaping what I did not sow. 
Why then did you not put my money in a bank at least, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and take it to he who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas, for I say to you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, by which here we mean faith, even, that he, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them at all and slay them before me. Now when he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he, heard, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olives, that he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a donkey tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here, and if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he said to them, the colt tied. Um, and then they brought it to Jesus. And they threw their own clothes on the, on the donkey, and they set Jesus on it. And as they went, many came down. And they spread their cloaks on the road, and they spread rushes, and they spread palm branches. And then, as he was now drawing near the, de- near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works as they had seen, saying, Blessed is this King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd and said, Teacher, rebuke these disciples. But he answered and said, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city, but he wept over it, saying, If you had known Jerusalem, even you especially, in this day, that the things that make for the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. So he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. And so he was teaching daily in that temple, but the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought only to destroy him, and were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to hear this Jesus. So, Father, we thank you, and we ask that those words, that idea that Jesus came and was unknown so that he could be known to us today, would rest in our hearts, that we would lead him into the city, not out of our false sense of just needing something, out of this world, but needing a savior, needing a relationship with a real God. That we wouldn't be taken aback when he does come into our temples and maybe throws some things aside, cuts some things off, that we would know that that is good, that you are molding and shaping us into something greater than we ever knew we could be. We thank you for who you are today, right now, with us here, in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so next, we'll be having a, a special song from Josiah Sharon. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. 
All right, so this song is called All We Need to Know. It's one I wrote about a year ago. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so next we have a, a reading. We have Jeshua with us, Kaylee, uh, Austin, uh, my brother David, a surprise. He didn't know he was doing this till a couple hours ago. <laughs> and Micah. <laughs> All right, and we'll, let's stand middle here. And then Jeshua. All right, so this is a, a reading. Uh, it's called The Mystery of the Tamid. 
by uh, Jonathan Kahn. Um, and it's a, it's a simple story, it's short. It's using this uh, conversation between a student uh, and a teacher. And, uh, and it illustrates for us how um, Jesus, who we often call the Lamb of God, right? Um, he perfectly fulfills that role as the Lamb. Um, and it just shows how excellent the plans of God are, how um, this passion of the Christ that we're kind of talking about is written into the very fabric of the past, um, the present, and this sort of glorious future, this coming glory of the Christ that we kind of will see in the Revelation verse that uh, Micah is going to read for us. Um, so without further ado, I'll let you guys take it away. It was mid-afternoon. The teacher took me into a chamber, in the middle of which was a large golden stone model of the Temple of Jerusalem. We were viewing it from what would have been the temple's eastern side, the side with the altar. Now that it was you shall offer on the altar, my teacher said. He was reciting a passage of scripture. Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. One lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. This, he said, was the law of Tamid. Tamid was the name given to the sacrifices that were to be offered every day in the temple. So each day the offering would begin with the sacrifices of the morning lamb and finish with that of the evening lamb. All the other sacrifices would come in, bet in between the two. Was there a specific ritual the offering of Tamid? I asked the morning lamb would be offered up at the third hour of the day. With its death, the temple trumpets would sound and the temple gates would be opened. Then at about the ninth hour, the evening sacrifice would be slain and offered on the altar at which time all the sacrifices would be finished. So I ask, if the morning lamb was offered up at the third hour, that would be what time? Nine in the morning, he answered. And next you very well may ask, what time was the Messiah crucified? Nine in the morning, the same hour as the morning lamb was slain on the altar. Just as the trumpet sounding over the opening temple gates, the Lamb of God was lifted onto the altar of the cross. I began to see where this was going. I became excited. And the evening lamb, I said, at the ninth hour. What time was that? Three in the afternoon, he said. The same hour the Messiah died on the cross. So the sacrifice of Messiah began with the offering of the morning lamb and ended with the offering of the evening lamb. And it all took place during the six hours of the temple sacrifices in between the two lambs from the first sacrifice to last. So to the lamb of God, said the teacher, raising his hands, is all in all, covering every moment, every need, every sin, every problem, and every answer. He is the timid. He folded his hands back down satisfactorily. 
Wait, I said. You never told me what does tamid mean. It means continual, daily, perpetual, always, and forever. And so, he is your tamid, the one who will be there for you always, and will be your answer continuously, every day, always, and forever. For the Messiah is the Lamb, and not only the Lamb, but your Lamb, your Tamid. Exodus 29, 38-39. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day continually. One lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other you shall offer at twilight. Mark 15:25-37 Now it was the third hour and they crucified him and the inscription on his accusation was written above the king of the Jews with him they also crucified two robbers one on his right and the other on his left so the scripture was fulfilled which says and he was numbered with the transgressors and those who passed by blasphemed him waging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him revealed him. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, he is calling for Elijah. Then some ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink, saying, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Revelation 9. Revelation 7, 9 through 17. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders, and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worship, worshipped him, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white from the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, and lead them to the living fountains of waters. 
and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so next we're going to have a special performance from Kaylee and Sari, maybe some others, I'm not quite sure. Um, all right, I guess we're ready. Coming after me. 
Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow. Thank you, girls. That was beautiful. Thank you. All right, so today we are going to be doing communion. So actually, if you can start passing that out, that would be great. Um, so we're going to pass it out normally, but then we kind of had the idea that if you broke up into about small groups after everything's passed out and after I'm done sharing up here, then you can break up into small groups and um, pray together. We'll have the communion scriptures up here so that you can go through that together. If there's any prayer needs, if there's any healing you need in your body, um, pray together with those around you and just really connect um, and try to get into small groups of maybe even some people you don't really talk to a whole lot, maybe mingle around a little bit. Um, and so we're going to do that. And um, if you're visiting with us today, and if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then definitely you're welcome to join us in that. And um, But make sure to stick around, because afterwards, Steve is going to come up and lead in some prayer for our youth. So we would really love for you all to stay around for that. Um, but before we go into that, um, I just, I'm so glad they sang the beautiful name song because that's just been going through my heart of like just all the names that Jesus is and not just the names he is, but who he is in our lives. And so I actually have something that I'm going to read. Um, and 
I want us to think of the perspective of not just that Jesus is these things to us because that's what we like or that's what we want or want to be, um, but that we are actually a part of who God created us to be. We are made in the image of Christ. And so not only is he interested in us and he wants to connect to us on that level of um, like our occupation or what we do, but he also created us to be a part of his grand schema, that we are a part of the whole body of Christ revealing his glory and his image to the world. And I think that's just a beautiful picture because sometimes we're saying, oh God, I want to put you into this place in my life. I want to put you into what I like. But really he's saying, no, I've already put you into what I like, what I love. And so the desires in your heart is my desires. Those are the things I put in you. And so I just want to read through this and just think about how you can connect to God, to Jesus in this personal level, because just like the story of that they read about the Tamid, he is our everything. He is everything to us, and he means everything to us. So I'll just read through this real quick. To the artist, he is the one altogether lovely. To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. To the baker, he is the living bread. To the banker, he is the hidden treasure. To the biologist, he is the life. To the builder, he is the sure foundation. To the carpenter, he is the door. To the doctor, he is the great physician. To the educator, he is the great teacher. To the engineer, he is the new and living way. To the florist, he is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. To the geologist, he is the rock of ages. To the horticulturist, he is the true vine. To the judge, he is the righteous judge, judge of all men. To the jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. To the lawyer, he is the counselor, the lawgiver, the advocate. To the newspaper, he is the good tidings of great joy. To the oculist, he is the light of the eyes. To the philanthropist, he is the unspeakable gift. To the philosopher, he is the wisdom of God. To the preacher, he is the word of God. To the sculptor, he is the living stone. The servant, he is the good master. The statesman, he is the desire of all nations. The student, he is the incarnate truth. The theologian, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. To the toiler, he is the giver of rest. To the sinner, he is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And to the Christian, he's the son of the living God, the Savior, the Redeemer of the Lord. And I would add, he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's our Prince of Peace, our Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He is Jesus. Of love, what depths of peace, 
stand and face the front but stay with us we have one more prayer here before we're done so
Come up here with me. We'll just stand up here, I think. Wait just a few more moments here. Thank you, Jesus. There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail. There's an ache. I'm, I was very, very blessed this morning with, uh, from the beginning to, the, to right now, with uh, the ministry through our young people and through all those that ministered. And I'm also very thankful for these two, our youth directors, Peter and Linnea Coffin. <clears throat> tell you they there's the youth are really getting fed really good uh, yeah. during the Sunday school hour like next week there won't be the 930 meetings because we'll be eating together we'll be fellowshipping and Dane's leading that as was said and then other men please talk to Dane and uh, but we're gonna pray for Peter and Linnea but also if there is a youth, someone nearby to you, a youth, just uh, lay a hand on them, on their shoulder or whatever, and uh, we're going to lift them up. I just had the memory as I walked up here years ago. It's when Andy Pomp was the youth leader, and the youth were all upstairs and uh, lined up in rows and whatever, but the worship time, the ministry time, these two as young ones, I, there was a maturity in them as far as their relationship with the Lord. And I can remember their freedom with the prayer language and ministering to kids, but then the worship, how they at their younger age were able to release themselves into true worship. And that's the picture I was reminded of. And not knowing that the time would come when they would be leading the youth. And so we are blessed. Thank you. Amen. Did you want to say something? No, I was just going to pass the mic to I was, I was telling Anea I could see the preach coming on her there when she started to talk and share. Hallelujah. So, yeah, just lay a hand on one of the youth around you. Or... Lord, we thank you for our young people. And, Lord, we see them, as we have through the years, like a spear, the head of the spear for us. And, Lord, we know that we're in a season now that you put on our hearts that we are lights 
You've set us as lights, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, like lights that are not to be hid under a bushel, that our young people will be like that spearhead, that leaders of us in going out into the highways and byways, Lord, sharing this news, going and telling the good news. And we thank you for your hand upon them, that they will continue to grow strong. We pray that over Peter and Linnea as they, they um, teach our young people and lead in other activities, Lord. We just pray over them now in the name of Jesus. Draw the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ around them for protection, preservation, strength, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, every way. And as you continue to impart um, direction and vision for them concerning our young people. And we pray for each young person in this church and also those that uh, they are reaching out in turn to also. And so we give you thanks for it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just have something here that I think I'm just supposed to do it. Dane, we're going to come up here. Dane, Dane came here today, and he ministered, you know, our worship leader. And Calvin, I need you to stand, like, right behind him. And uh, we're just going to get rid of that stupid stuff that's in your lungs, okay? Just reach your hand out here toward him. Just stand this way toward me now. In Jesus' name be healed. Now. You stay away from him. You virus, cold, infection, whatever you are, you are gone. And I say the same thing over anybody else here that's been dealing with sickness, virus, flu, colds. Get out of here. Get out of that temple of the Holy Spirit now. We've had enough of it, enough of you. So get out in Jesus' name. And you all be in agreement with me for your own life and for your family, for your kids and all, okay? In Jesus' name. And it can be any other kind of sickness or disease as well, because yes, Jesus is the great physician. He is the great physician. Amen. So, where were we at? <laughs> Amen. Just a blessed time it was this morning. And remember, uh, if you would like altar ministry, maybe some of you all can stay up here and minister that. But also the coffee time, fellowship, and so forth. Next Sunday, from 9 to 10, great breakfast and then 10:30 bring the people with you bring them bring somebody with you next sunday we're going to have a great time kent's going to be leading in worship and he and i will be going moving in the spirit however he wants us to next sunday so hallelujah <laughs> <laughs>